Hello, all of our wonderful listeners. Welcome to Destiny Midweek. I'm Mark Bell. I'm joined with Pastor Matt Bell, Destiny Church, San Antonio. How you doing, Matt? Doing good. Glad to be here on this Tuesday afternoon. It's a little wet and rainy outside. It's a little chilly as well. 59 degrees. Pretty nice. Yeah, that's a little bit a little bit unusual for San Antonio. We both have our hoodies on. Yeah, we don't want to freeze. Once it gets below 70 in San Antonio, it's officially hoodie weather. So we had kind of a cold weekend. We did. Up hiking and camping with the, the men. It was a good time. What was your what would you say your highlight of the men's camp out 2019 was? The highlight was probably just sitting around the fire watching the stars and enjoying the cool evening on uh Friday night. That was that was pretty great. Yeah, that was. What about you? You know, I really enjoyed taking communion up at the cross. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you might say that, so I wanted to leave. So that's why you said something else? Yeah, I want to leave that one for you. I was almost sure you were going to say that, so I was glad you didn't. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. Kerrville, Texas. Yeah, if you've never been to Kerrville, uh, you, you've got you've to visit there once on your journey through life. Today's your wife's birthday. It is. Happy birthday, Heather. 32 years young. Happy birthday. So tonight... (laughs) (laughs) Tonight? Today. today, Well, right now. So we're in week two of our series on Romans 8. Week two. How to live the... Lots of stuff, life, kind of life, life. Yeah, the no condemnation, spirit-filled, power-infused. If God is for me, who can be against me? Supernatural, what can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord, kind of life, life. You weren't looking at any notes there. That was impressive. Yeah, I don't know if I got it right, but I feel like I got... At least seventy percent of them in there. I'm sure no one's gonna check. It's just because I got it. I got it down deep in me, right? You know, so it's not hard to remember. It. it I don't even have to think. It just comes flying out of me. So you're ready to go deeper today, huh? I am. I'm ready to go as deep as we want to go. All right. So this week we covered verses five through eight of chapter eight. Yeah, and. How do you think it went on Sunday? You know, uh, it started off really great uh, because I was pumping everybody up and just hyping God. And you can't overhype God because what's bigger than God, nothing's bigger than God. So God deserves all the, the glory, all the hype, all the hype you can give him. But then we actually got into the word a little bit and... Today, uh, Sunday's message was definitely one that 
made people stop and think about how they're living their lives. And whenever you get to that place, it gets, it gets kind of quiet in there. Yeah. And Mauricio uh, brought that up when I was talking to him yesterday. He said, I could, I could tell that uh, people were definitely being convicted and that's good. That's we, great. We need the conviction of, of God. We, we want to be sensitive to the, the spirits leading in our life. But I don't think it was like a hard-hitting message. I think it, it was just direct and hopefully, hopefully inspired people to live the life they're called to live as God's people. So did you foresee that kind of when you were preparing that? I really didn't. I, I really was a little bit surprised by that. I shouldn't have been. I should have anticipated that. Um, but it is what it is and you move forward and we've got another week coming up, but it, it really wasn't one of those like high five Mm -hmm. your neighbor for Jesus kind of, kind of messages. It was really more of a message that I think we're supposed to pause and reflect on how we're living. So I think people, I think, I think the church family was doing that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good sign that they're quiet. Maybe it wasn't just that they were dead, but they were doing some yeah, self-reflection. Yeah, some I didn't feel like it was dead. Self-examination. Yeah, I, f- I felt that it was it was it was what it was supposed to be. So great. the 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 big idea, big idea for uh, Romans four Romans eight four five. The big idea, big idea. For Romans 8, 5 through 8 is how will we live as Christians, as people who are now born again and filled with God's spirit, how am I going to live? And Paul says there's two ways to live. We either live according to the flesh or we live according to the spirit. And we either set our minds on the things of the flesh or we set our minds on the things of the spirit. And so we just fleshed that out a little bit and fleshed it out, talked about what that means to live according to the flesh, which is to live according to your old sinful nature, which we all still have, or to live according to the leading of the Holy Spirit, which we're all supposed to be doing all day, every day. So was there anything that you didn't get to? I know it's only four verses, so surely you were able to cover everything that you wanted to cover. Yeah, there, uh, there's a couple of illustrations that I left out. And uh, I did go back into Romans 7 a little bit. Because in Romans 7, he talks about that struggle between your sin nature and the spirit of God that's alive inside of you. And how even though we're born again in our bodies, in our flesh, there still is this desire to not obey God. Even though in our hearts and in our minds we want to obey God, there's the the temptation towards going our own way, living according to our own law. And so I I did a little bit in Romans 7, but there's, there's this one passage where Paul gets to the end of talking about this battle of the flesh and the spirit 
In Romans chapter 7, verse 24, it's a very popular passage. And Paul, after he goes on explaining the, the battle between the spirit and the flesh, he says, wretched man that I am. He, he's crying out in desperation. Wretched man that I am, who will save me from this body of death? Now, do you know what the body of death is? The body living according to the flesh? Your, your flesh. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, like, explain that. The body of death, that would be your body before Christ. Your spiritual body before the Holy Spirit has right. saved you, regenerated you, raised you from death to life. That would be the body of death. The body of death. According to me. Which I, I always thought that it was like, he was saying, who's going to save me from this body of death? It's kind of like saying, who's going to, who's going to save me from this fight that's happening in this body of death? Like, I, I just want to have peace and to be saved from having to fight this fight all the time. Right. Cause it, it, Romans seven, is that where he says the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I do. Right. That's exactly what he says. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, that's not what the body of death is. Really? Really? So I was wrong. You were wrong. Yes, you were wrong. And I only found this out maybe a year ago, two years ago. And this is, this is the something that I would have loved to get into on Sunday, but I just didn't have time because we're not going through Romans 7 anyway. We're really diving into Romans 8. But the body of death was actually a method of execution, like crucifixion similar to crucifixion it it was similar in a way but just as you would say that someone was killed by crucifixion right they would also be executed by the body, body of, of death. death and here's what the body of death is rome would go and they would conquer a, a place they would always give people an opportunity to surrender mm -hmm. but if they didn't it was total annihilation and destruction. And so they would go in and wreak havoc and pillage and murder and destroy a village or destroy a city. And once they had conquered it, those who were left alive, what they would do is they would put them on a stake, like crucify them mm -hmm. like they would, and then they would take a dead person and they would put that dead person face to face, hand to hand, stomach to stomach, feet to feet. And that dead person would begin to decay and rot on this person who was still living. And that death and decay would begin to spread to the person who was living until they both and until that death consumed the person who was alive. That is the body of death. That's disgusting. It's absolutely dis disgusting. If you can imagine the, the, the horror of that. And they would oftentimes try to pair up 
people who were relatives of one another. Wow. It was it was absolutely horrific. But what Paul is saying is that that's like the sin nature that we are now alive in Christ but we have this dead decaying rotting corpse of a sin nature that's still attached to us that's trying to kill us that's trying to uh, stop the work of the spirit in our lives and so he cries out wretched man that I am who will save me from this body of death and then he goes on to say but thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, saying that through him we have the victory, that it's not like a death sentence that it was for those who were executed by the body of death, but that Jesus Christ is the savior from this dead, rotting, decaying corpse that we are actually living in. That's really cool. So they... Surely the readers in Rome, when they Absolutely. read this, just could visualize that, could see it. Absolutely. Could smell it. They had probably witnessed that mm-hmm. happen before. And so it's this powerful picture of that we really are two parts, that we really are a soul and we really are a body. And we also have an eternal spirit and we also have the holy spirit alive on the inside but we because those those are all joined together we don't see the separation but paul clearly sees a total separation from the flesh and our spirit and the holy spirit alive inside of us he he doesn't even think that they're the the same thing i think thinking of it in that way it really helps keep the line from blurring a lot of times it's like well is this is this the flesh is this the spirit is this sinful you know it's it's not that bad it's not hurting anybody but when you it, there's there really is no black and white you're living according to the flesh or you're living according to the spirit what do you and mean, so there's no black and white there it, it, there's no gray there's area no gray. there's no gray area it is black and white you're either in the flesh which is decaying rotting death or you're in the spirit which is life and peace through the holy spirit yeah the only reason why there's a gray area is because we're in the flesh and and we want to live we want to have have our cake and eat it too we want the life of god and eternal life and living with god forever but we also kind of want to give in to the flesh and so this is why paul is painting such a a clear picture that to live according to the flesh and to think according to the flesh will produce death and we don't have, I don't think we have a really good idea and concept of death, most people. It's so far separated from our daily lives. When someone passes away, we embalm them. We, we don't really see the effects of death. We bury them very quickly 
or they're cremated and we're not around death very often in our for the vast majority of people in their daily lives like it would have been in paul's day Uh, people would be surrounded by death all the time and so we hear to serve um the flesh is death we really think of that as like just the end but there's this disgusting picture of what death really is that most of us don't really experience very much of in right. our in our modern world yeah the other day i was taking some trash out to the dumpster in the back of the church and the second i opened the door it just smelled so bad it was terrible and Mauricio was out there with me. He's like, yeah, a raccoon got trapped in the dumpster and, and died a few days ago. Yeah. And uh, we're just going to wait for the trash to get picked up before it takes it out. But I mean, this little raccoon just right. completely took over the whole back of the building with death, the smell of... The stench. Right. Right. And... I just don't think we think of our flesh in that way. We don't think of sin in that way. We think of sin as, oh, it's, it's something God doesn't want us to do, something we shouldn't do. But like you were describing, the body of death, we don't, we don't think of it like that when we really should because it is that serious. I think part of it is being younger, that we haven't, fully experience the full circle of what sin produces in a, in a life that's given over to sin. I know that as being the pastor for five years now, I've, I've seen a lot more of that death that sin produces in people's lives. Just this past week, we did a funeral for someone who had drunk themselves literally to death killed themselves by drinking and it's a sad and tragic story and it it's it's a it's a life destroyed by not serving god not having the mind of the spirit not living according to the spirit but living according to the flesh and that's what sin will produce in our lives and i'm now starting to see a lot more of whatever you want to call it the the roosters the hens coming home to roost or whatever the the full effects, the the full circle of what sin produces in people's lives versus when you're a teenager and you're in your 20s, you don't, you don't see it. You don't see it happen that way as quick. You, you don't see the full effects of what sin can produce in someone's life. So how do we, how do we portray that to the younger generation so they they really realize hey what you are doing is producing spiritual death right not just spiritual i mean it it can be physical and it'll it'll definitely that's what i talked about a little bit on sunday too it'll produce death in relationships i've seen so many friendships and relationships where people had genuinely loved and cared for each other and even in marriages 
where one or both people start living and thinking according to the flesh and it just destroys it. So how do we communicate that? You know, I, I don't, I don't know because that's something I struggle with because you don't want to come across as legalistic, right? So that I always felt that like my dad and our grandparents were just like super legalistic about things. And now on the other side, I really see the value in setting clear boundaries mm-hmm. that, that might, even if they come across as legalistic. So like dad, you know, he would never allow any music in the house that wasn't Christian. Right. At all. Like zero tolerance. The only time we got any kind of album that maybe was not Christian was I think for one of my birthdays or not birthdays for Christmas one year I got, do you know what I'm going to say? Kenny G. Yeah. The Kenny G the Kenny Christmas, G Christmas album. album, right? Like that was so on the edge, but he, he was clear to let us know, like, this is not a Christian album. Like I'm, I'm letting this slide cause it's Christmas music. Right. And I always felt like that was super legalistic, but now as a parent who has kids, I understand you don't want your children to be influenced by fleshly ideas and fleshly thinking. So how do you communicate these truths without coming across as legalistic? I don't know. I think you do your best and some people might receive it as legalistic. I'm not saying that if you listen to this stuff, your salvation is wrapped up in that. But I am saying that it will can can either produce life and peace or it's going to produce death. So this really this this topic of living according to the spirit or living according to the flesh, other than the gospel message being communicated, this is the major theme of the New Testament. God's people, how are we going to live? What does it mean now to be Christians? What what sort of activity what sort of lifestyle are we going to live as God's I mean this is the main theme of the New Testament and so if the Apostle Paul didn't have any issues giving commands on how we are to live as Christians then we shouldn't back away from the clear teaching of Scripture on these issues do you feel like the church as a whole has backed away? I don't know. I don't pay enough attention to what everybody else is doing. Right. To me, it does seem, I don't know. It it seems like people, people's lives, and I say people, I'm speaking for myself too. We, a lot of times we look like everybody else except we go to church on Sunday and maybe we serve or we help out. We volunteer for a good cause, but you know, and and it's hard cause you don't want to be legalistic. Like if I mention, you know, I see the movies that people go to, or I see what people listen to. That is what it always goes to. Well, so you think if I watch this movie, I'm going to hell. I think listening to this, I, but 
I think Paul would say you don't you don't do something or not do something just to avoid going to hell. It's you you don't want you don't even want to open the door for death to start right creeping in. Right. And I think that's where people have a hard time or where they where they struggle is they don't realize just the severity of it. And so they might not see an immediate effect of something, but it's just opening the door for death to make its way into our lives. So yeah, so that's probably why it was it was quiet. Maybe people were, you yeah, know, thinking was, through their. I was talking about, uh, you know, because because he says in the passage that we're looking at, not only living according to the flesh or living according to the spirit, but setting your mind on the things of the flesh and setting your mind on the things of the spirit, and that if we want to live according to the spirit, we have to set our minds on the things of the spirit. And the way we set our minds on anything is by what we're in, ingesting, by what we're intaking through music, through reading, through uh, what, what we watch, through the people that we surround ourselves with. And so as soon as you start talking about the stuff you watch, I mean, it gets quiet, right? It gets quiet in there. And again, I'm not trying to be legalistic, but what I am saying is, is this something that produces life? And if it's not, we got to be very careful about how we allow ourselves to be influenced. So I was watching this interview yesterday mm-hmm. with some guy. I don't even know who the guy was. And then he was interviewing this rapper named Kanye West. Is he a rapper? I don't even know. He, he's Hip-hop? an artist. He's he, an artist. He's a music right. artist. So apparently Kanye West has had some sort of radical transformation and he's born again now. Praise be to Jesus. And so he's giving this interview about his life and this transformation he's had. And they were, this interviewer was asking him questions about, well, what does this mean about your life before Christ? And what Kanye pointed to, Mr. West, what Mr. West pointed to was that at five years old, he came across a playboy. That was his dad would just leave playboys around the house and that at five years old he developed this addiction to sensuality and sexuality and he points his whole life of fallenness and sin and debauchery he says it all started right there when as a five-year-old i was exposed to pornography and he goes on to talk about how he has been addicted to pornography and, and sex for his whole life. And so I, I just thought, man, that's incredible to hear, to hear someone who's only recently come to Christ so readily able to identify that this type of thinking and, and these types of things have produced death in my life. And so now I'm going to make a radical departure away from these things. Yet, there's so many times where Christians will dabble in mm-hmm. things like pornography, thinking that it's okay and 
it's not really hurting anybody and it's my own private issue and it's not it will produce death in your life and so we need to by the power of god's spirit put those things to death the works of the flesh to death and if we will we will have life and we will have peace so what is setting your mind on the things of the spirit look like well i i think it's just having the right intake and at the end of the message i give a test for how you can know if your mind is set on the things of the spirit do you know what the test is i was in there for a few minutes so did you get that part is that when you said when you're not doing anything yeah what are you thinking about when you're not doing anything when you're not thinking about anything where does your mind naturally go where does your mind go to does it go to the things of god does it go to jesus does it go to the gospel does it go to redemption and how grateful i am that i'm a christian and what god's working in my life because those those are the the things that the holy spirit's thinking about and so if i have the mind of the spirit that's where my mind is going to go but if it goes to just carnal things temporary things things that have no eternal value whether they're sinful or not then i'm not really living a life with the mind of the spirit i have not set my mind on the things of the spirit and so the way we do that how do you think we do that i would say it go back to basics it's prayer spending time in god's word because that's where you that's where god's mind is god's character god's heart god's thoughts are in his word and so reading his word but i would say surrounding yourself also with like-minded people people who you know they live in the spirit surrounding yourself yourselves with them and hopefully trusting that those people will keep you accountable if they see that hey man you're living you're living in the flesh let's do something about it so i know that's kind of the the answer we go to all the time prayer the word and surrounding yourselves with godly people but that would be my answer yeah that that's the only way i know how to do it you know is is to to put the right stuff in your mind you know dad used to have this saying that he got from being a computer programmer and as a computer programmer he would say garbage in garbage out if you if you program garbage your your computer software is going to produce garbage and he he would say that all the time about the way you're thinking and the things that you're doing and if you put garbage in you're going to get garbage out g-i-g-o guy go garbage in garbage out not to be confused with the little green lizard that sells car insurance guy go not geico so garbage in garbage out and if you put life in it'll be life that's produced it'll be life that comes out and that's biblical you will reap what you sow right i think the other important thing in this is that it is our job to set our minds that's not something we just sit around and wait for god to do for us we are in control of our thoughts 
There, there may be times where thoughts come into our head and we don't know where they come from, but then it's our job to take authority or to take control over those thoughts. We can choose what we think on. And so Paul says, set your minds on things that are above, that we have to tune the channel of our mind to God, to Jesus, to the things of the Spirit. It says in Jude chapter one, well, there's only one chapter in Jude, but Jude verse 20, to build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the spirit. But this is an imperative. This is a command. This is not something that is done for us, like salvation we receive. It's been done for us. But now, having received salvation, we must respond by setting our minds not on the things of the flesh, but on the things of the spirit, and to build ourselves up. We can't wait for anybody else to build us up. If I'm just waiting on somebody to come build me up today, I'm going to be waiting for a long time. David said that he encourages himself in the Lord. And so this this is what we need to step into as believers, this building ourselves up in our faith, this praying in the Holy Spirit, receiving the word of God, fellowshipping with other believers, encouraging ourselves in the Lord, and that will help us to live a life led by the Spirit, not a life led by the flesh. Yeah, and that's it's an active faith. You, you have to be intentional about it. You're not going to accidentally you know, walk into stepping your mind. You're not going to walk into setting your mind on things of the spirit. You're not going to accidentally, you know, trip into the Bible and start reading and praying. It, it has to be intentional. You have to purposefully plan out time to do it. And what would you say praying in the spirit looks like? Because a lot of people might read that and think, well, I don't speak in tongues. So how do I pray in the spirit? Well, if you don't speak in tongues, you might should pursue that because Paul says to earnestly desire the best gifts. So that's a great gift to have. And if you don't have that gift, you should pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you that gift as well as other gifts of the Spirit. But I believe that we can be we can pray in the Spirit by being led by the Spirit in our prayer. And so we we allow the Holy Spirit to, to speak to us or to drop things into our heart and to not just, you know, Lord bless the Perez family in Guanajuato today in Jesus name. Amen. But to really press through in prayer, to get a burden for something or someone and to pray until that burden is lifted. I think that's a way to pray in the Holy Spirit that is would, would definitely include praying in tongues, but could also imp- include praying with your mind or with your understanding, as Paul would put it. So this is the part of the podcast where we would usually answer your questions right? that the listener has. Okay. This week, we don't have any questions. That's all right. But that's okay. But we really, we want to get feedback 
from our listeners. That's really why we are doing this. Because we know that there's, you know, especially with a topic like this, surely people have questions. Well, is doing this living in the flesh? Is What does it look like really to live in the spirit day by day? Maybe those are some questions you could text in. And so if you... As you're listening on Sunday morning, maybe as you're listening to this podcast, if you have any questions, just pull out your phone and text them to 210-405-6267. It could also be a comment. It could be a comment. Like, not, hey. Not a question. Like, maybe in your community group, there was a discussion item that wasn't resolved or was interesting you could text that in hey we got into this discussion and curious about your thoughts on premillennialism or whatever you know yeah maybe you're having a discussion with a friend at school or at work you don't know how to answer it you don't know how to resolve it i did get some great questions in person Uh, last week that were more of a personal nature that had to do with no condemnation and what that means for certain people and certain individuals. So um, it's great answering questions here on the podcast, but I'm also happy to do it in person. And we just want to be a help and a serve to you as you endeavor to walk out your Christian life. Also, if you're listening to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave us those five-star reviews also write a review that would be tremendously helpful as you leave those five-star reviews it it helps populate destiny midweek towards the top when people search for destiny midweek that'll be the first one that comes up if it has a lot of reviews even if it has zero reviews that'll probably be the first one that comes up but yeah leave us a review we love the feedback i love the feedback i don't really know if matt cares about it too much but i like the feedback so give us some feedback share this with your friends maybe you've got some friends that you know are living a life that they just shouldn't be living maybe they identify as christians and their lives don't back that up share this with them encourage them listen to it yourself which you just did so you can encourage them yeah so if your friend sent this to you and you're listening to it you can pretty much know now that at this point they don't think you're living for the lord so that's right (laughs) (laughs) so repent turn to jesus well i think that's it that's gonna do it yeah episode two season three yeah so we got a tease for us next week. Yeah, next week we're going to be in Romans 8, verses 9 through 11. And we're going to be talking about this very uh, famous passage from Romans 8. If the Spirit of Christ lives in you, he will give strength to your mortal bodies. So it's going to be a great talk about, again, the Holy Spirit and his work in our lives and how we can know that we belong to God because we have his spirit alive on the inside of us. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening. Look forward to your questions next week and we'll talk to you soon.